Lord, we thank you for this time together. We are grateful for your word, for the story, for the reminder of what your story is and how our story fits into your story. Um, we just give you this time together, Lord, that we may open our hearts and minds and receive from you what you have to speak to us today. Please anoint these words, we pray in the name of Christ. Amen. So last week we left the book of Judges, and the book of Judges ends with these words. Judges 21-25, In those days Israel had no king. Everyone did as they saw fit. Kind of sounds like our world today, doesn't it? Everyone did as they saw fit. You know, you've heard the term moral relativism, right? That basically, whatever I think is good for me is good. There is no morals. It's all relative. I make up what's moral. I make up what's good, what's bad. I make up what's right and wrong for me. It may not be right for you, but it's good for me, and that's all that counts. And that's the philosophy that many in our world live today. And we see this happening in the story going on now. They had no king, no king to lead them. God was supposed to be their king, but they gave in to what they wanted to do. Everyone did as they thought fit. They had no moral compass, and the light had gone out on God's people. We had seen them. God had raised up leaders, right? Moses and, and Joseph and, and Joshua and... Gideon had been leaders for the people, but now they did as they saw fit. We come to chapter 9, and we're going to talk about the book of Ruth. And the book of Ruth is a great book to talk about on this first Sunday of Advent, the Sunday of hope, to talk about the hope that God brings to Naomi and to Ruth in their time of difficulty, and to see how this book is perfect for the season of Advent because of who Ruth is, and we'll see that as we um, get to the end. So we, we understand that Ruth was a, Moab, a Moabite, and Naomi and her husband, they had gone from the Promised Land, they had gone to, um, the Promised Land was on the west of the Dead Sea. They were living in Moab right now, which was on the east part of the Dead Sea. And they had two sons, their two sons married two Moabite women, and all was good for a while, but then Naomi's husband died, and then about 10 years after that, both of her sons died. How hard that must have been for Naomi. I mean, sometimes life just doesn't seem fair, does it? And so Naomi is going through all this grief. She's lost her husband, she's lost her two sons, and she looks at her daughters, who are now bond to her, bound to her because of the marriage, and she basically releases them of any responsibility and says, you would be better off staying here in Moab, marrying Moabite men and living your life out that way. I release you from any bond that you feel that you have with me. And at first they're like, no, 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 we want to come with you. And again, she stresses it strongly and Orpah says, okay, I will go. But Ruth doesn't want to. We read in Ruth 1, 8 to 9, and Naomi said to her daughters-in-law, Go back, each of you, to your mother's home. May the Lord show you kindness, as you have shown kindness to your dead husbands, her sons, and to me. Now read with me. 
May the Lord grant that each of you will find rest in the home of another husband. So she's wanting them to have happiness in their life. She's wanting them to be able to move on in their life. And she doesn't believe that can happen unless they stay there and marry a Moabite. Then we read in 116, and read the underlying part with me. But Ruth replied, don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. And where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people, and your God, my God. And so we see Ruth, here's a foreigner. She's opening herself up to the God of Naomi, to the God of the Israelites. She wants to follow where Naomi goes. She wants to stay close to her mother-in-law. You know, this is really important as Christ followers that we have this same kind of mindset, right? That we say to God, God, where you go, I'll go. Where you stay, I'll stay. Where you work, I'll work. What you want done, I will do. I will follow you wherever you go. I will go wherever you lead me. That is the attitude we should have every day when we wake up. Our first words to God should be, God, where you go, I'll go. Where you want me to go, that's where I will be. I will follow you. Well, so they move on. Uh, they go back to Bethlehem. And when she gets back to, her, to Bethlehem, she, this grief just come, overwhelms her. And in fact, it overwhelms her so much that she changes her name to Mara, M-A-R-A. She changes her name to Mara, which means bitterness. She is feeling bitter because of what life has brought her. Sometimes that happens, doesn't it? Life just pours all of this junk on us, all these challenges, all this struggle, all these difficulties, and we just feel so weighted down by all of this, and we start to get bitter at life, maybe even bitter toward God. And Naomi is in this place. But the truth is that God will bless Naomi through Ruth and will change her attitude, will change her spirit, will change her perspective. And she will be a mother to Ruth. Ruth will be just like a daughter to her, and they will find blessing in that relationship through what God is doing. So Naomi and Ruth decide that Ruth needs to go to work, otherwise they're going to starve. And she goes to seek work at the grain field, and she starts to pick the grain. She doesn't have a job. She just starts to pick grain. She hopes that she works hard, that she'll get a job, right? So she starts to pick grain, and she works harder than any other woman. And she is noticed by the, the head of the, the grain field, and he, he allows her to work. And she works hard, and she works hard, and even more than that, she is noticed by the owner of the field, whose name is Boaz. He is impressed by her, by her work ethic, and he inquires of her and finds out that she's a foreigner but even though she's a foreigner, she is caring for her mother-in-law as if her mother-in-law is her very mother. And Boaz is impressed by all of this. You know, how often do we let our, our circumstances bring us down, but instead what we should do is say, God, give me the strength to work through this situation. Give me the perspective to bless others in the midst of my circumstances, to work hard, to do good for you, and when you do that, what happens is people start to notice. They're like, wow, how can you do this in the midst of all that you've gone through and you have an opportunity to witness? 
God is my God. He is with me. He gives me the strength. He gives me the determination. He gives me the, the desire to work hard. And people begin to notice. And this is what's going on with Ruth. When we live with this perspective, we will always have hope in the Lord. Hope through the Lord of our life. And so this is happening with Ruth. And uh, it could be seen as a lucky turn of events. A lot of times we go through situations like this, right? And you say, oh, that was just lucky of Ruth that Boaz happened to recognize what was going on. But it wasn't luck. It was God. God was working out this situation. And you'll find out that Ruth was a part of God's overall plan. You know, we're talking about the story, right? We're talking about the story and we're going through all these books in the Bible that shows us that there is a common theme, a common thread, right? God's love, God's reaching out for his people, God caring for his people. And you're going to see at the end of this story that how God has ordained, ordained all these things to happen so that salvation will come to the world. And so this is happening that, that uh, it's really God's providence that Boaz has come into Ruth's life. And because Ruth meets Boaz, she senses that there is hope for her and Naomi. Boaz tells Ruth that he has heard of what she's done, and Ruth has been a faithful daughter-in-law to her. In fact, like a daughter, she's cared for Naomi like any daughter would. In Ruth 2.12, read the underlying part with me. It says, May the Lord repay you for what you have done. May you be richly rewarded by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. Right? She said to Naomi, your God will be my God. And now you have received that God. That God has, has become a refuge for you, under whose wings you rest. And that God is going to, going to reward you. And um, Boaz is reminding Ruth that when you work for the Lord, not only do others notice, but more importantly, God notices. When you do the things that God calls you to do, when you raise yourself up of your out of your difficult circumstances and say, God, I'm not going to let this get me down. I'm going to continue to live the life you call me to live. When you do that, God rewards your faith and your efforts. Whenever you're going through a difficult situation, don't let it cause you to be better. Don't let it cause you to be overwhelmed. Work through it. Say, God, give me the strength I need to push on, to push through. And I know that when I do that, I will experience your blessings and others will experience my blessings or the blessings through me because of your working through me. God has blessed me many times over by bringing people into my life who are instrumental in my development and encouraging me. Those people have helped me to become the, the person I am today. They have helped to lift me up in times when I feel down. They have given me strength when I feel weak. God constantly, if you think about it, surrounds you with people who come at that right time to encourage you, to build you up, to strengthen you, to teach you, to guide you, to watch over you. Whatever you need in that situation, God brings someone into your life. And oftentimes, it goes unnoticed because these people just come into your life, you're continuing to live your life, and you move forward. But if you really think about the parts of your life, in fact, I would encourage you. One time I had to do this for, uh, our church went through this uh, big study, and we had to look at all the highs and lows of our life, right? And the highs, we used yellow, yellow stickers. 
and the, the, the highs and the lows, we used pink stickers. And so we put, like we had this timeline, and the yellow was on the top, and the pink was on the bottom. And then the teacher, he said, now I want you to look at all your pink slips. And I want you to look at that, and then I want you to look at what happens right after those pink slips. And there was always these yellow slips. And when you looked at these yellow slips, you're like, wow, look what God did in and through me in that time of low, and how he prepared me for this next thing that he was going to do in my life. And oftentimes there is someone, a person, that came into your life at that time, in that low, that helped you to get to that next step that God had you. And we see this happening with Ruth and ultimately Naomi. These people God has given you are there to keep your hope alive in all circumstances. So Naomi finds out about Ruth meeting with Boaz and the opportunity that he's given her, and she encourages Ruth to continue to, to build that relationship with Boaz, to stay close to the women that are working for Boaz so that she'll be safe, right, from from maybe dangers that could come to her from the workers or other things. And they continue to live together, and Ruth continues to work in Boaz's fields. And we see that God is watching over Ruth and Naomi. Don't lose this aspect of the story. God is watching over Ruth and Naomi in this difficult time. Now, when we come to this next section, I want to give you a little heads up Oftentimes, when we read scripture, the dangerous thing that we do is we bring our 21st century eyes into the story, right? And we read the story as if it was happening now. And I need to warn you, do not do that. Do not read the Bible with 21st century eyes. Help your, uh, have the understanding of the context and the history with which the story is being written. Because in this context, in this Part of the story, it is important to understand that while women are independent today, they were not independent back then. You might wonder why, why Naomi said to the girls, stay here and marry a Moabite man, right? And then she said, are you going to wait? Even if I was married now and had children now, are you going to wait for them to grow up to marry? Because the custom was, if you, your husband died, then you married within the family still, right? You still needed to find a man. That man was the one who supported you, who, who worked and provided for you. That was the culture. And so Naomi sees an opportunity for Ruth here. And she says to Ruth, I want you to go down, find out where Boaz is sleeping, and lie at his feet. Now, this sounds like a really odd thing. I mean, I just think of you as a woman, right? You're walking into some man's house. You lay, he's in his bed. You're laying by his feet. He wakes up. You're like, there, there you are laying on his bed, right? Right at his feet. That seems really bizarre, doesn't it? Really dangerous, doesn't it? <laughs> but this, this custom, it was not, it's not bad, okay? Basically, what she was saying is, I am available and I am interested. I'm available and I'm interested to be married to you. She had found a connection with Boaz. Boaz was actually part of her family. And if you read the story, you'll see that, there, that Boaz was really an upright man. He, he knew that there was another person who was more, uh, cl more closely related. And he said, no, we should talk to this person first. 
And so they talked to the other person, and he said, no, no, you go ahead. You know, if I marry her for Naomi's land, it's, again, it's a restoring of the land and the inheritance, and there's a lot of things that go into it. He says, I'll lose my inheritance, which goes to my children. So you go ahead, and you can marry her. See, this whole concept is called a kinsman redeemer. A kinsman redeemer. Boaz became, to Ruth and Naomi, a kinsman redeemer. See, the idea of redeemer is very important, isn't it? You and I need redemption as well. This story is a foreshadowing of what will come in the future in Jesus that you and I are lost in our sin, and because we are lost in our sin, we cannot have a relationship with God. We cannot have salvation in heaven with God. We need a Redeemer. And so God sent His Son, Jesus Christ, into the world to die for our sins so that all who believe in Him would receive this kinsman Redeemer, Jesus, who redeems our life and gives us our inheritance that we have in Christ in heaven. Boaz is representative of what Jesus does for us. He is a kinsman redeemer to Ruth and Naomi, bringing salvation, in essence, to them. We read in verses 5 to 6, Salmon, the father of Boaz, whose mother was Rahab, read with me, Boaz, father of Obed, whose mother was Ruth, Obed, the father of Jesse, and Jesse, the father of King David. So this is part of a genealogy that talks about talks about the importance of Ruth. Because Boaz and Ruth do get married, and what this tells us, of course we know that from the line of David, who was born? Jesus Christ. From the line of David. And so where is Ruth? She is in the line of Christ. It is because of her marrying Boaz, and their child, Obed, becomes the father of Jesse, becomes a father of David. And we go on down the line, on down the line, to the one who came to save us from our sin and to give us hope. Isn't that amazing? How God orchestrated this, how this was all ordained by God to set us up so that through Ruth, this foreigner connected with Naomi comes to her land Mary's Boaz, and through her line comes Jesus Christ. There's a, an amazing story of a man named Corporal William Devers. He was uh, someone who fought in the World War II. He was a Marine, and he considered himself an agnostic until something miraculous happened. Uh, they, their company was uh, in this encounter. The chaplain of the company was shot, and Corporal Devers went over to him to see if he was okay. And the chaplain said, last night I had a dream. And an angel came to me in this dream, and he told me that I was to give you my Bible. And so here it is. Here's my Bible. I'm giving it to you just as this angel in the dream told me. And so Devers takes the Bible. It's a small little Bible, puts it in his breast pocket, and moves on. Now, 20 minutes later, he's in a skirmish. And he feels this pain rip through his chest. And he falls to the ground and he figures he's dying. But when he looks at his chest, there is no blood. He realizes the blood shot through the Bible. 
And when he opened the Bible, the, the bullet landed on this verse. It's a true story. A thousand shall fall at thy side and ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come to thee. Wow. Could you imagine for Corporal William Devers as he's reading this verse and his life has been saved by the word of God, by the grace of God. By God's grace, Ruth and Naomi were saved as well. God had prepared for Ruth a husband, Boaz, who was God sent and God ordained him because of their, their marriage. The work of God is done. Ruth 4, 9-10. Then Boaz announced to the elders and all the people, Today you are witnesses that I have bought from Naomi all the property of Elimelech, Kilian, and Malon. I have also acquired Ruth the Moabite, Malon's widow, as my wife, in order to maintain the name of the dead. See how this is all part of the process of marrying. So that in his, na his, his name will not disappear from among his family or from his hometown. Today you are witnesses. He's very upright in all of that. Very upright. And he redeems Naomi and her land and, re and Ruth in his marrying Ruth. See, when we walk faithfully with God and when we make deci decisions, we, we don't understand what is going on. Boaz didn't understand how he was fulfilling the will of God. And oftentimes, we will do works. We will follow the will of God. We will walk in the way God calls us to walk. And if we walk faithfully, we will be fulfilling a work that God wants to do. And oftentimes, we won't even fully understand how we are part of that will. See, that's why it's so important for us to walk faithfully, to follow where God leads us. Because God does wonderful and miraculous things. I mean, that chaplain could easily have said, ah, that was just a dream, no big deal, and not given the Bible to the, the corporal, right? We need to act when God tells us to act. Maybe that one moment when you had to share your faith with someone was that mo one moment where, where they received Jesus Christ as their Savior and Lord. How do we know that that's not the moment that that's going to happen? We need to faithfully follow, and when we do, we will see God work in and through our lives. And the elders respond. And all the people at the gate said, We are witnesses. May the Lord make the woman who is coming into your home like Rachel and Leah, who together built up the family of Israel. May you have standing in Ephrathah and be famous in Bethlehem. So, in essence, they're saying Ruth is in the same line as Rachel and Leah. And she is, right? And then they throw out being famous in Ephrathah and Bethlehem, which are really prophetic words. Prophetic words. Because we read from the prophet Micah 5, verses, 5 verse 2. But you, Bethlehem Ephrathah, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come from me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from of old, from ancient times. And who is that prophesying? Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. Her name is famous, isn't it? Because she is in the line of Jesus Christ, and through her, God brought us Jesus Christ to be the Savior 
of all, right? The one who gives hope to all who seek and follow him. The book of Ruth ends with a genealogy, the genealogy of David. And we read in these words, The women said to Naomi, Praise be to the Lord, who this day has not left you without a guardian redeemer. That's the same as the kinsman redeemer. May he become famous throughout Israel. And read with me, He will renew your life and sustain in you your old age. For your daughter-in-law who loves you and who is better to you than seven sons has given him birth. And in and through this son, Naomi receives hope and a changed perspective and a changed attitude. And she's no longer bitter, right? God has lifted her up and God has blessed her through Ruth and ultimately through her, her grandson. Just like Jesus lifts us up and renews us through Jesus Christ when we put our faith in him and always put our hope on him. Rest our hope in him. There's no denying that this is a great romance story. But even more, it brings us to a defining episode in the greatest story ever told. Boaz's love for Ruth is a mirror image of God's love for you and for me. As he reaches out and he sees that we are lost and we're in trouble and we need this Redeemer and he sends his Son, Jesus Christ, to redeem us so that we can be saved. I, I want us to not lose fact, sight of this, okay? As we go through this Advent season, we should be so grateful, so thankful that Jesus Christ is our guardian redeemer, the one who redeems us from our sin and gives us life. And so it turns out that even the not-so-chosen and even the seemingly small are chosen in God and are lifted up to high status and glory in God because we are his followers. And because of this, we always have Let's say that together. I always have hope. I always have hope. In Jesus Christ, our guardian redeemer. Let us pray.